everybody. This is Hop Culture. We're the Hopkins sisters, Claire, Grace, Anne, and Tess, four sisters living in different time zones, recapping our lives, giving each other unsolicited advice, and hopefully giving you a laugh in the process. Who knows, if you stick around, we might even touch on something substantial along the way. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hey. Thanks so much for tuning into Hop Culture. Today, we are super excited to have um, a really awesome guest that we're going to interview. Tierney Shorter is a former sixth grade teacher, book lover, and mom of four. She noticed that kids tend to lose their excitement about reading sometime before age 12. She created her Instagram account, at MakeReadingFun, to help you raise lifelong readers. Today, she's agreed to share her expertise with us and answer some questions about how we can create a culture of reading in our families. Okay, so Tierney, thanks so much for coming on today. We really appreciate it. Of course. I'm so excited to be here. This is so fun. So we thought before we jump into the questions that we have for you, maybe it would be a little bit helpful for you if we kind of just quickly introduced ourselves and kind of like our life situations. So I have four kids. My oldest is in third grade and my youngest is one. And then Anne has a new three-year-old and then a new baby. And Tess is pregnant with her first baby. Oh, congrats. So she has a little emerging reader. (laughs) Yes, get them Um, ready in the womb. And then Grace is the the reader extraordinaire aunt who buys our kids the best books. And she, as a kid, was like the voracious reader of the family. So I'm trying to like, yeah, I'm trying to funnel Claire's kids into liking the same books that I did growing up. And (laughs) she bought them. Was it the Mysterious Benedict Society, Grace, that you bought mm-hmm. Ella last yeah, year? Yeah, it was like a little too old for her, but I'm like, someday. That's a fun one. Yeah. Yes, do get there. Yeah, she just told me, I think one of her friends at school is reading it. And so I think she's like kind of interested in trying it again. So nice. I was going to say, that can be a good like it. fun read aloud the first time. Because even if it's a little above her level, she'll be able to absorb it if it's mm-hmm. being read to her. Yeah. And if you That's don't so mind fun. telling us, like, how old is your oldest? I don't know if you want to. It's okay. Oh yeah. 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 Um, so my oldest is in third grade as well. So I have four kids. Um, my oldest is in third. I have one in first, a preschooler. So they are eight, seven, four, and two. Oh, awesome. That's like pretty much very similar to my kids' ages. So that's we're right on the same track. That's so fun. All right. Well, as we mentioned before, you used to teach. Um, so can you tell us a little bit as a teacher, like what what did you observe about kids reading habits and and what were the challenges that they were facing by the time they got to 6th grade? Yes, this is this is my favorite question right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a lot of challenges. Honestly, like 6th grade is so much fun for so many reasons and everybody was always like, "Ugh, 6th grade is terrible." I was like, "I love them so much." <laughs> um, but they I went into 6th grade like and I was so excited for the literacy and because, you know, they're into really fun books at that age. And if you, Grace, if you're a book person, you know, like that's when you can start getting into like good literature. And then yeah. I got in there. And one of the problems to answer your question is by that age, the majority of sixth graders have like put this wall up and are telling everyone that like reading's not cool. Right. Like mm-hmm. for some reason, 
reading becomes not cool amongst kids. And so then they have a bad attitude. Um, they want to complain. The hardest thing is helping them to find books that they love, which I made my goal in life as a sixth grade teacher. But I would say, A, that they just think it's not cool. B, a problem is we take away the fun from reading. Like we just force them. And and maybe force isn't even the word, but just like, hey, read this. Here, read this. You need to read this. And like as parents, um, and it's easy to do. Like, I mean, I was an educator and I'm a parent, so I totally understand it. It's very easy to just like, just get your reading done. Just get your reading done. But it really just takes away the fun when it becomes just a chore. And like, mm-hmm. oh, just because you have to mark your 20 minutes off of your reading, you know, which yeah. isn't a bad thing. But... <laughs> So it becomes a chore. Um, It's very difficult, especially for sixth graders if they're struggling with reading, because if you're struggling as a reader at that age, you can't be into the books that your peers are in and the Mm -hmm. fun books. And it's hard, you know, like and when something's hard as human beings, we're just like, "Mm, no, thank you. Don't want to do that. So struggling readers at that age, it's it's really difficult for them because you're trying to get them caught up just like with phonics and different things and to get them to find books that they love and enjoy and don't feel like are baby books or little kid books. Mm -hmm. um, That's definitely a challenge. So those were probably the top three challenges. That's awesome. That age. Yeah. And I feel like at that age, I'm already feeling like this with my third grader, like there are, it's like the content doesn't always match up with like their reading level too. So I'm already like, Oh, what is this like too much of like a tween? Like there's dating and stuff that I'm like, I'm not really comfortable with her reading this kind of stuff, but yeah, she, she'll be like, this is a baby book. That's exactly what she says. This is a baby book. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I've heard that phrase. (laughs) And it's hard as parents. I think one of the struggles is parents, as your children start to excel in reading, especially if they're a very strong reader at a young age, like your third grader, because I'm the same with Mike Wade. He wants to read books, like you said, that are more advanced intellectually. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's hard for us to like keep up and like read our own books and read their books Mm -hmm. and know what they're in almost like technology, like know what they're in and everything. So, I mean, I think when it comes back to that, a lot of it is just like having those open conversations with them of like, hey, like these are things to watch for. Like if you start to see a lot of swearing, like if that's something that's not comfortable or something that's making you feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. like, please come tell me Mm because it truly is impossible to read every single thing. Yeah, that they read when they're avid readers. Totally. I'm totally feeling that. Yeah. And like, she'll bring library books home and I'm like, I've never heard of this book. I'm just like flipping through it, you know, Googling it. And I'm like, Oh, I guess you can read it, but I have no idea what is in this, you know, and it's kind of scary. So yes, I know that feeling very well. (laughs) Okay. So maybe this is an obvious um, question, but why Is it so important for us to teach our kids to love reading? Why is reading so important for kids? Yes, Um, because it's everywhere, right? I think so. There's two there's two main reasons that I always like to fall back on for parents is you have a academically, because if you can read and if you are a strong reader, everything else is going to come much easier for you. Like if you're struggling to read, math is harder, science is harder, social studies is harder, Mm. like truly every subject 
you can't give me a subject that you don't have to read for. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so academically, we want our kids to learn phonics. We want them to be in books. We want them to become strong readers so that it will help them down the road so they can become strong writers so they can, you know, get a job as they get older so mm-hmm. they can read like the menu at a restaurant. Like even, you know, just on people, a lot of times things like parents say is like, well, I'm not a reader. And I was like, no, you are a reader. Like everyone's a reader. Even mm-hmm. if the only thing you read is like social media posts or something all day long, like you're reading them. Right. So mm-hmm. true. We really, we really, really need kids to be in a good place academically with their reading, just because it will take away so many other problems and you're going to get a lot less reluctance. And when kids struggle with reading, then they start struggling with math and they start struggling with science, they start to shut down. So that's a like, you know, the academic side, but also There is a really beautiful part of reading in the education world. We call it SEL, social emotional learning. You may have heard it before. (laughs) It's honestly my favorite part about books is there are so many lessons that can be learned from books and so many concepts that can help our kids learn how to deal like anxiety, depression, kindness, any subject that you're wanting to talk to your children about or any concept you're wanting to teach them, I can promise you there is a book about it. And it's just a great conversation starter, a great way to like introduce the subject and give them a landing point to come back to. So for example, like when I was in the literacy program before I even became a teacher, truly every single subject our literacy teacher would tell us, find a book to start the lesson with. Whether it's math, whether it's science, whether it's social studies, there is a book. And I always say, like, preferably some kind of picture book, fun book, right? Mm -hmm. Um, To just give them a starting point. So if we can start to introduce those concepts when they're really young and start reading books when our kids, you know, you're going to have new kids here soon, Tess, which is so (laughs) exciting about kindness and how to treat others and how to be inclusive or how to control our feelings or all these things. We are giving our kids so much benefit. We are just, we're just helping them be one step ahead already. Uh, I always tell my husband, my favorite word in the entire world, and if he listens to this, he'll laugh, is schema. (laughs) (laughs) It's what you know about what you know, like why you know what you know, you know? So like you're reading a book and the way that you understand it is like, oh yeah, I know this because of this. And books give us so much schema. They just Mm -hmm. teach us so much Mm -hmm. about the world and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. So it is. That was probably way longer. No, that was no, great. That's a really no. good point. <laughs> well, because I think it's one of those things where like every parent is like, well, of course reading is important, but sometimes it is like, why is it so important though? Yeah. And if you don't have that, like if you do have that self-perception of like, oh, I'm not a reader, maybe you say it's important because you think that's what you're supposed to say as a parent, you know, <laughs> just like I'm like, oh, my kids should pick up after themselves, but it's like have I really put the effort into like making them do it? No, because I'm not like committed to it yet, you know, but I think you're right. There's so much benefit from just using books to like introduce hard conversations and things like that. And it like, this is an important one too. It can be such an escape for our kids, like a good Mm -hmm. kind of escape, you know, because even if they just love like fantasy or different things, like if it takes them to like a good place and is like a good way for them to calm down, Mm -hmm. um, 
that's a really good skill too, because a lot of times nowadays we use technology to like wind down, Mm -hmm. which is not what we should do, but it is right. Like when we have a quiet moment and reading has so many positive benefits on the brain and actually has been proven to like calm you down, help you sleep better. So there's a lot of benefits Mm -hmm. that way too. I hadn't even thought about that, but that is so true. Like you hear all the time about like unhealthy coping mechanisms and buffers and like all those buzzwords, you know, but, but it's true that reading is like a healthy way to cope versus media. That is a very good point. It also lets you have your own interests and you have to like, when you watch TV as a kid, it's like, you have to be watching something that all of your siblings agree to usually. Whereas when you read, (laughs) it's like, I can read you know, my different mm-hmm. like science fiction books that no one else would want <laughs> to be reading. Yes. But like, you know, that was my interest. I love that. And that's, I love that that's like, you can kind of find yourself, right? And find out like, oh, who you are and connect with the characters and be your own you. Like you said, mm-hmm. you don't have to be like anyone else. I love that. All right. So I was the child in the family that um, was really resistant to reading. <laughs> I could oh, read, you but we tease Anne because our mom read her like a lot of her like high school. Yeah, even through high books. school, my mom <laughs> would like read my books to me, or even sometimes just read them and summarize them for me <laughs> because I just didn't. Mom. It felt like a chore. So I'm you don't let nervous. her live that down. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like I hope I don't have a child like that, but. So I'm kind of wondering, like, do you think that parents should require reading at home? Like, should it be something that the child has to do before they can have screen time or like to get their allowance? Okay. I, this question is completely dependent on your child, completely dependent on your home. And my answer is yes and no. So that's not going to help you, but I'll kind of explain why. So I personally do not think that there is anything wrong with having that be an expectation in your home. And I will be completely honest with you. Like my kids do have to do certain things before they can like go play with friends and do just like their, you know, downtime activities. And one of them is reading. Like they know that that's my expectation. They know that that is what we do um, in our home. But I don't do it in a way, I try to keep it still very positive, even though it's still something they need to do. And that's not the only time they read. So I would say if you do want that to be something like if you're like, okay, we do have to make sure like you get in a little bit every day for school, whatever your requirement, but try to make it happen naturally, like throughout your day or in other ways too. Like maybe you turn on an audio book in the car together, or maybe you sit down and read with them together. So like, yeah, it's something that's required, but here I'll sit down and do it with you or find their favorite magazines that they want to read some way to still keep it positive. But like, yes, this is an expectation because I think sometimes if we say like, no, absolutely not. And if you have a child that that's not helping, that's hindering. So this is what I'm saying, where it's like so dependent. It's hard because it's so dependent on your child. Then you could back off a little bit and try to like bring it in other ways. But I think that there is nothing wrong with having that as something that they do need to do. But I also say definitely lean more on the side of making it like a very natural part of your home 
allow your children to have a lot of access to books, read books together as a family, listen to audiobooks together so that it's not just like, oh, the only time I do this is when I want something or like, mm-hmm. because I have to get it done because it is my chore, you know, but there might be days where it's like, oh, you didn't fit in a lot of extra reading, but yeah, you do have to get this done. Sorry, sis, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, totally makes sense. And now that I am an adult, I actually do love reading. And I feel like I I always knew that reading was important. <laughs> and so even though I didn't exactly have a love of reading as a child, my parents did foster a love of reading and they instilled in me that it was important. So, you know, their efforts paid off in the end, but <laughs> yes, so, it just took some years, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I <laughs> but think, I think I there's so much you. to be said in that with like the your parents fostered the love of like your mm-hmm. mom showed up. She kept reading to you, right? Yeah. She didn't just be like, <laughs> oh well, she hates it. So I'm not mm-hmm. even gonna try. Like that yeah. pat on your mom's back. Yes, but I also sure. think like you said something like as you got older you started loving it and probably because you found books you loved. Yes. For which sure. is the key. Like, I think if we can help our kids find even just for, I, I, I keep saying one good book. Cause right now I'm doing <laughs> this like whole thing on my Instagram, but like, if you can find them their one book that they can connect with, it's going to like bring magic out and then they are going to want to read more. So even if it is a chore, like chore with quotation marks around it, like uh, I have to get my reading done. Oh, but it's this book I'm super into. I just think as parents, we have to guide, we have to lead, we have to set mm-hmm. expectations, mm-hmm. but we can also do it in a really positive, fun way. Totally. So, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. good advice. <laughs> that is really good advice. I think it does. Sometimes you feel like, am I just forcing something? Like they hate it. It's a battle, you know, like, is this pointless? We're going through this with piano practice too, you know, but it's like, I've uh, been there. You got to stay the course, like long-term goals here, you know, like, yes. and you're right. It's a, I do agree with you. It's a parent's job to, to sometimes guide with a, with a strong <laughs> arm in one direction. Yes. Like this is what we a do. Very loving, strong yes. arm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, and I think too, like, and this also parents says too, I'm like, my kids give me pushback sometimes. Like mm-hmm. reading is a huge part of our home, like our everyday, but like there are for sure days that like my third grader is like, oh, why do I have to read? Or like, I'll be throwing out some idea about books and they're like, mom, stop talking about books. You know, like <laughs> it just, they're human. Like every kid's going to give you like pushback about something in one way or another. And you just kind of have to like push through it. And then the fruits yeah. of your labor show up when they're 20, like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe like 20, 26 or 27. <laughs> 20. I'd um, all right. So you, you mentioned playing audiobooks as a good way to like get kids into reading. What are, what are some other practical ways you can set up your home to be conducive to reading? Yes. Yes. So audiobooks for sure. You can take audiobooks with you anywhere and an audiobook generally is very non-threatening to a child it's just a fun listen they can do it while they're playing they can do it while they're doing a million other things I would also say have a large amount of books that they have access to so 
there are actually studies that have shown that the more books children have access to, I'm going to say this wrong because I do that with everything that I say, but it, <laughs> it correlated more with the amount of books they have access to than actual like time that they spend reading. Um, Mm. in success of reading, which I thought was very interesting. I'll have to go back and find like the exact studies for you guys and let you know. But just having access, A, is going to get them very excited. B, it makes your home like this is a place where we read. We always like set our homes up the way that we want them to fill the things we want our children to see, like the pictures that are on the wall. So if you want them to like pick up a book, you got to have books for them to pick up. And I know like everyone's in a different place and phase of life and not you can't always just like buy hundreds of books but like libraries are always free there's yard sales that always have books when I first started teaching I would always go to the yard sales you could do book swaps with friends like you can really get creative but having a large amount of books that they have access to is very important I would say read yourself Because like we all know, your example speaks louder than any words or anything you could say to them. And you modeling that is going to make a huge difference in their life. And like make read alouds, which is like you reading to the child a part of their everyday life, if possible. It's really easy to do when our kids are little. It's hard and easy because it's hard because they're like not just going to sit there for a long period of time. So you got to kind of be creative. But as our kids get older, sometimes we're like, oh, now they can read. So I'm just going to let them read, right? Which Mm -hmm. they need to do that as well. But if you're reading with them, that connection that you're having with a child, which, and you probably could attest to this because your mom read to you in high school, even if it was (laughs) just like your books, your uh, not so fun books, it's going to make a difference in their life. And they're going to remember that and they're going to feel that. And every positive experience a child can have with books is a positive experience that's going to make them more likely to pick up books. So I would say like bringing yourself into the reading with them is huge and will probably make more difference than anything else. So I saw on your Instagram, you suggested reading to your kids like while they eat. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Because yes. they're kind of they're they're engaged and like they're kind of a captive audience, like at the table. <laughs> and their mouths are full, so they can't <laughs> interrupt you. <laughs> no, I we love bringing I read books to my like little ones that are still home every day for lunch. We love doing like breakfast and books. Snack times when my older kids get home from school a lot is when I'll like pull out a quick book or we'll, you know, read a few chapters of our read aloud. So yes. That is a tool to put in your parenting toolbox. I love that. Bring books to mails for sure. Um, This wasn't on our list of questions, but really quick, how do you handle read alouds when you have a range of ages? Like, do you more gravitate towards like your older two kids? That's something that we're struggling with is like the little kids lose interest in the book that the nine-year-old would like. Yeah. Why? <laughs> no. <laughs> Weird. Um, yes. So honestly, we kind of divide and conquer. So I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old and our two-year-old goes to bed much earlier than all of the other kids. So right now, like he gets read to 
all throughout the day. So he doesn't necessarily have like a chapter book read aloud. He just gets picture books read to him all the time. But our four-year-old, either me or my husband will read with, and then generally the older two we do a read aloud with because they're very close in age. So then it's like they're pretty much at the same level. But right now, like we started reading the book Scavenger, which by the way, your third grader would probably really like. Oh, I'll try it. Um, yeah, you'll have to write it down. But we started reading that one. And like my daughter, who's seven, wasn't as into it as like my son. And so she actually chose to like opt out of this read aloud. And so right now, like when my husband's reading to Avery, our four year old, and I'm reading to Quaid, like she's like in the same room, but kind of like reading her own thing. And mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. Like she'll have other opportunities to have like her one on one read aloud or other book that she more chooses the next time. So that's kind of how we take care of the ages. But a lot of times too, especially if we're doing like audiobooks in the car, um, I will pick a book that's kind of like in the middle. So mm-hmm. maybe is like a little more advanced for my four year old, but not as advanced for like my eight year old. Because they really don't care. Like mm-hmm. kids, if it's like a fun book, they yeah. don't care what the level is. And children actually can comprehend about two to three levels higher than they can actually read. Mm-hmm. So their mm-hmm. audiobooks they can hear actually could be at a higher um, comprehension level than the books that they are reading. So okay. that's an idea too. Like if you wanted to do one all together, maybe even like gear more towards the younger one or find like a happy medium. But okay. if you can. Dividing and conquering is probably the easiest the way. The best way. way. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great advice. I like the the middle, like aim for the middle. Cause I think it's like that with toys too. My kids always like, like on Christmas, they want to play with like the sibling two below them's new gift. And I'm like, wait, that's like way too young for you. But they, they are, yeah, if they're having fun, they don't care like what age it's for. So yes, no, um, they don't. Okay, so really quick, how do you feel about kids rereading something? Because my daughter has some that she just wants to reread like over and over and over. Yes, I feel great about it. Okay. If she's wanting to read, like there is nothing wrong with rereading a book. Like I love, I have my favorite book is Heaven is Here. And I have probably read that book like five different times at different points in my life. And I cry every time and get different things like, there's nothing is that the one? It. Is that the Stephanie Stephanie Nielsen? Uh huh. Yeah. I read that for a while ago. Yeah, that was a really good one. That is yeah. a really good book. I I love that book. But yes, I I would not stress about that as long as she's okay. picking up books and reading them, and not giving you pushback. Let it ride out because she'll okay. eventually pick up other books. Mm-hmm. And then what about um. <sighs> Nothing against Captain Underpants. I just, I chose that as the example. There are too many, but yeah, exactly. Like, well, how do you feel about, I mean, in moderation. And I remember when we were growing up, it was like Goosebumps, Babysitter's Club. And I remember our mom being like, why don't you try this? And it was like, no, I want to read Babysitter's Club. So do you make a big deal if they're just kind of in a series that's kind of crummy? You just kind of let them. Just let them be. Like, this is the thing too, because I... I truly bet the most messages I get are about graphic novels and how Mm -hmm. parents hate them. And like, do I really let my kids read them? You know, kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. If that is something that's giving them a positive experience with books, there's nothing wrong with it. And graphic novels are reading Mm -hmm. and they still, even though it seems like, oh, you know, like they're not Anne of Green Gables, obviously, Mm -hmm. but they still are forming the story. They're still reading words. Like it's actually kind of hard to the story for me as an adult in a graphic novel you know so they're still using 
all the skills we want them to use. And honestly, like, if I could tell parents anything, it's let the reading at home just be what they want to read. Let it just mm-hmm. be fun. It does not matter what it is as long as it meets like your family's values and standards. Mm-hmm. Don't stress about it because okay. eventually they'll get into deeper level thinking books. Eventually they will pick up, you know, the Anne of Green Gables or whatever it is, but just let them be. And a big part that okay. they want to read those things is it's what their peers are reading and they can talk about it and mm-hmm. discuss it. And that's huge, you know, yeah, if they're sure. discussing it. So I would say let it roll. It's hard as okay. it is. I know there's this list of ones where I'm like, this would be good. This would be good. And it's like, yeah, she's not into them, but, but like she's the, encouraging. Like, yeah, exactly. you said your mom would encourage, like, I hope it didn't come across that I say, don't like, oh, give your no, input not at all. Because, mm-hmm. yes, that is huge. And one day they will listen to you and be like, oh, I should read that book that mom mm-hmm. said to read, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, totally. So, okay. where do you go to find good books for your kids to read? Oh, where don't I go? (laughs) (laughs) I honestly, like I visit the library and bookstores very frequently. A, it's something that I really love and enjoy. And like, it's either like a trip to Target or a trip to Barnes and Noble for me is very exciting. And kind of like being in the education world and then now doing what I'm doing with Make Reading Fun, I'm always on the lookout for like new good books. So that is something that I personally do because I love touching, flipping the pages. Like it's very exciting to me. There's also like Scholastic Books um, is one that I really love. I check their like website often um, and they have an Instagram page too. Actually, there are a lot of publishers and authors who have Instagram pages and they will like constantly be updating with like what's coming out and I check those often and if I see something that I like I'm like oh I need to either like check that one out from the library or buy it you know Amazon has actually a very good list of new releases that they're always updating or like their best books from like each year and you can do it according to ages so that's something that I check often I would say like use your resources of family and friends and Mm -hmm. like, hey, what are your kids reading? Hey, what are you reading? That I talk to my friends and a lot of times like they have recommendations for me a lot too. teachers. I would say a big resource, especially for parents that have kids in elementary school, middle school, say, hey, like what are you noticing that my child's liking or what are you guys, what are you like pulling out for them to pick from or what's like really popular? Cause if a sixth grade teacher is going to know like what's kind of going on in the sixth grade mm-hmm. literacy world, you know? So that's always a great resource, but I don't know. I don't know. Is that what you're, that's asking? great. Yes, well, that's and great. I was going to say your, your Instagram is what we should be telling people that's where you should go to get and we'll we'll give you time at the end we want you to like plug it and and like talk about it but you are a great resource too for people if they need suggestions and Um, I follow there's actually a lot of bookstagrammers um on Instagram too that like and it's like more I'd say a community where like they have great resources and I will for sure be like oh put that one on my list you know mm -hmm. so yeah Awesome. Okay. I'm really excited to ask this question because I'm going to have a little reader soon and I have no idea how to start her with like the love of reading. So I would love to hear if you have any, any tips for starting with like early literacy um, skills for like babies and toddlers. 
Yes. Oh, first, <laughs> I just want to say, like, honestly, I mean, obviously, babies are magical. We all know that. But like the <laughs> early literacy stages are truly magical and so much fun. And like, generally, they give you zero pushback because it's just like they're <laughs> excited about it and they get to be with mom. Um, so my honestly, my biggest tip would be like start reading to that little angel from day one and just make it like part of your routine part of your life like you might get sick you might just have a few board books at first and you read them over and over and over again (laughs) but it's making a difference and those early like their brain from zero to five develops more than at any other point in their life so the more you can read that read to them and expose them to books like the better and yes like the literacy skills will come and like the games you can play with that but the best thing you can do is read to them and expose them to books go to story times like just make it a really really positive part of their life and have fun and tear up over all the sweet like that's like my favorite part (laughs) is all that you know like you are special and uh, yes (laughs) there's just there's so many beautiful books so Mm -hmm. that would be my biggest tip is to read to them and enjoy it and sometimes and this is like a really dorky thing that I did with my first more so because you have more time with your first is like if I was reading something like I remember in the mornings I would read a general conference talk and I would read it out loud to him which I would imagine I'm like oh I was so weird but I was like (laughs) you might as well get this knowledge too you know (laughs) the more words they hear the better right so yeah just every little thing makes a difference. And don't stress about like how you do it. Just do it. And then you'll figure out what like works for you and what books they like. And it'll be so much fun. Okay. That's great. I totally relate with the <laughs> tearing up over these little board <laughs> books. I've been shopping for books. <laughs> and oh. when I get a new one, I read it. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. It's for the mom. <laughs> yes. I am totally that way. I'm always like, this one's for mom and this yes. one's for baby. <laughs> it is true. There's some really, really good ones. <laughs> I just want to like send you all the ones that I'm like, oh please. <laughs> I need all the suggestions. <laughs> well, that's a good segue because will you tell us before we go, Tierney, like about your newsletter and your Instagram. And if people do want to get info from you on some of your favorite books, like where can they go? Yeah, of course. So my Instagram is just make reading fun. That's my number one goal in life is for parents to make reading fun for their children. You can sign up for my newsletter there. And I have tons of like book lists. So like for certain ages, holidays, feelings, books, like I really that's one thing I really enjoy doing. And I'm trying to do a lot of is just getting book lists and resources out there for parents. Um, I'm working on a website, so that should be here soon. And right now, that's like really probably the best place to find me is Instagram. And hopefully soon, makereadingfun.com. Awesome. (laughs) I love your Instagram. It is such a good resource. And I I get your newsletter too. And it's really fun too. So listeners will will jump on there. Um, Thank you so much, Tierney. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, Tierney had such great tips and we hope that you enjoyed that as much as we did. And now let's wrap up with our weekly wins. 
Um, so I have a new thing that we tried this week. I had bought a whole chicken at Costco, and I think they come in a pack of two. And I can't remember why I bought this whole chicken in the first place. I, I think I liked the idea of being the kind of person that like cooks a whole chicken and like has, you know, food prepped in the fridge all week, but, um, I'm not. And so I've had this chicken in my freezer for a long time. And I had seen somewhere online that you could cook a chicken in your air fryer. And so we gave it a whirl yesterday and it actually turned out so good. Like, I don't know. I, the air fryer, it's more like something we use for like warming up chicken nuggets or things like that. We don't really use it for like heavy duty cooking that much, but the chicken was like super moist for lack of a better term. It was better than the other chicken in the pack that we had cooked earlier in the oven. So Hmm. I would totally give it a try if you, if that's something you're interested in, it would be like a good way to not heat up your kitchen if you were trying to make like a nice meal in the summer or save oven space. And the girls thought it was Thanksgiving because <laughs> they, it was a they came in, they're like, I didn't know it was Thanksgiving. Oh, um, wait, they really thought it was Thanksgiving? Yeah, they were like, I didn't know it was Thanksgiving. And I'm like, like we would just like not mention they it. They thought it was just like... <laughs> Didn't even turkeys on the table it's thanksgiving now there's there's like yeah you didn't invite me there's absolutely no fanfare no pies <laughs> yeah it's like Being kind of like you later in the evening <laughs> than you would typically eat thanksgiving dinner um but yeah it was it was the innocence of youth it was very no sweet i'm like wow we could, keep, like we could up. keep thanksgiving so no frills and they would be excited and even today we had leftovers and they were like oh are we having that turkey chicken? Oh my god, <laughs> turkey chicken! <laughs> they call it turkey chicken. Um, but yeah, I, Dave, and I were really excited about it. Dave even sent a picture like to our family group chat. Like we were just really excited. It turned out because I think neither of us thought it was going to. It looked um, good. It looked yeah. It was good. Yeah, it looks delicious. Really good. Well, before I do my win, I have a, a mini, <laughs> a mini winnie, as I like oh, to say. No. Claire, what did you say when you came to my house and I showed you how clean? You said <gasps> I can't remember. I stand <gasps> corrected. Uh huh. Wow. <laughs> I'm sad I didn't say something because, more creative <laughs> because of her major burn in the previous episode. I didn't mean it to be a burn. And so, yeah, from Claire's own mouth, mm-hmm. it's it's looking good straight from there. the horse's mouth. Yeah, her kitchen is like unrecognizable in a good way. Like, really, it's like organized, <laughs> functional. What? I won't go through. I won't go through. Well, you're not. You're making. I'm <laughs> digging a bigger digging hole. A hole. Yep. It was Grace. Your house is under construction. Like no one expects it to be. It's no one true. expects it to normal be normal right now. But. You know, um, but no, it looks really great. I won't. I'll spare you like a walkthrough of like each room and what I thought. But it it really is looking way better. So thanks. Um. I'm sure I have a win around here somewhere. I know. Why is that a mini winnie? Why couldn't that, that just be like the a full winnie? Big win? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll t- well, I just, <laughs> I just wasn't sure if I was allowed to do a lazy genius <laughs> for like the fourth win week, yeah, six exactly. weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I have a weekly win. We had Hazel's third birthday party, and I had told Claire and Grace that I wanted to throw Hazel an extravagant Peppa Pig birthday party. Um, and I wouldn't say it was extravagant, but it was, it was very cute. It was simple, Mm -hmm. but it was cute. cute. And she was so excited. 
um, when she woke up and saw all the Peppa Pig paraphernalia around the house. And she was just like, Peppa, George, Mommy, Daddy, <laughs> Peppa's house. Just like saying all, like naming every Peppa item that she saw. So excited and like running around and snorting and just, it was so cute. <laughs> it was so funny to see her have little friends over and how like, they don't really play together, but they kind of do. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny. And I just love, I don't know. I love that I have a little kid to throw birthday parties for because I know we spoke ill of birthday parties last week. But I know I'm I've, sorry. I've turned hey, around. We them. can all have different opinions on them. Like lots of parents <laughs> love throwing them. So yeah, you can I think I, I enjoyed the planning of it. Maybe not as much like the execution, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the payoff, I think, was worth it. So good. Nice. <laughs> okay. I was trying to think of one as we went around the ring. Um, <laughs> around the ring. Okay. Well, mine's kind of a mini Winnie too, but I had a just like a normal checkup this week with my doctor and he did an ultrasound and he said... Our baby has chubby cheeks now, Aww. which is very exciting. That's cute. She still, I didn't see it. All I could see was a skeletal uh, face on the screen. Not again. But <laughs> I know. I, all I can ever see is her skull. But um, I'm taking his word for it, and I'm very excited. I, I kind of thought you? you might say, like, he said that. It's a boy, actually, or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> that would not be a mini Winnie. <laughs> Tess, have you um, started buying stuff yet? Uh, not really. <laughs> How I far tried to her- ask her what her baby's aesthetic was, and she couldn't tell me much. And I didn't know my baby ha- needed to have, have an aesthetic. For everything. <laughs> It's hard enough for me to have an aesthetic. I was going to say, of <laughs> anyone whose baby would have an aesthetic, I would think it was Tess, but maybe, yeah, she's like over them now because... It's, no, I'm not over them. It's too much. It's too mm-hmm. much for me. They've always been overwhelming. So, yeah, I, I have no idea what's going on. I don't... <laughs> haven't bought any book. I don't know any, like, I don't know anything. I'm just going to wing it when she comes. I think that's a good... <laughs> only way to do it. Have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but to answer your question, Claire, I'm 29 weeks. Whoa. Which And how wow. many weeks do babies stay in? 40. <laughs> I, that's that's true. I keep telling people the weeks, but I had no concept of, of weeks before before this. So I don't know. I think like six months. Is that six months? Something like that. Oh, the um, 29 weeks? Mm-hmm. Yikes. Uh, yeah, it's like six months. Yeah, yeah. I wish people would just say the months. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't six months be more like twenty-five weeks? So you're really more like seven months now. But I still have three months. I know it it's a lie. Isn't it's, it ten it's, months? It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Ten months. They say nine. It's not. People nine. will be like, "It's I'm nine months pregnant," and you're like, "So are you overdue? Mm-hmm. Do you still have a month left?" It's very. This confusing. is why we don't do months. I guess. Yeah, we got. Yeah, do exactly. <laughs> if we did, if we did months, people would know the right months. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's fair yeah okay i think that wraps it up for this week thanks so much for listening be sure to subscribe to our show and visit our website hopculturepod.com we'll also be popping up on instagram throughout the week so follow hopculturepod for more fun see you next week <laughs> <laughs>